Well, we're going to keep uh, going with Advent here. We have the third candle to light, and the theme is joy. And we have Annie and Alicia coming to lead us in that time. One twenty-six thirty-eight 38 uh, says, In the 16th month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it to be as you have said, then she, the angel left her. It is astonishing that Mary was entirely obedient to the Lord, even though she didn't fully understand the implications of what was about to happen to her. God's will meant that Mary would be subject to ridicule and even persecution. And while we believe that Mary conceived as a virgin because the word of God tells us this, Mary's neighbors and family would not readily believe. Mary was a woman with a very strong faith. She not only believed God's word, but she was obedient to the Lord's instruction. As we celebrate Advent at this time, let us renew our commitment to be obedient to the Lord at all costs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know the times when we have trouble believing, and we ask you to increase our faith. We offer ourselves to you today in obedience to you and your word. We ask you for boldness that we may be able to follow you even when the world turns its back on us. We desire to follow you even in the face of persecution, and we ask you to guide us when the way is uncertain. Amen. Everyone say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I am empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. God, I pray this morning, God, that I step aside, God, and that you just use me. That your spirit speaks through me, God. And I pray that you come down, God, and touch lives this morning.
Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, that's to do the message. So if this is your first time here, do not judge it off what me. <laughs> Pastor's way better, I promise, all right? I promise you guys, come back next week for pastor. Um, <laughs> amen, amen. So this morning, I wanted to talk about the yes, and I wanted to talk about it because these kids that were up here, they said yes. They said yes to fill in a void, to fill in a need. So this morning, I wanted to talk about the yes. See, this is something that's been on my heart for a little while, is just saying yes and the significance of your yes and what it could lead to. See, the whole reason I'm here today is because people answered that call and said yes. Because pastors said yes way before I was alive. <laughs> He's on the younger side, though. He's on the younger side. Um, <laughs> before I was alive, he said yes. Before I came to this church, Pastor Cole said yes. Before then, Pastor Sean said yes. And because of their yeses, they've sown into my life. And every single person in here, because you said yes and you've served in some type of ministry in some type of way, I've seen you and I've followed you and I've watched your example because you said yes. Because your yes is tied to something so much deeper than what you may see on the surface. So there's power in, you, in your yes. Have you ever said yes to something and then realized what you really got yourself into? Amen. I said yes. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's do it. I can be the youth director. <sighs> I tell you what, it is something. I love these kids to death. Don't get me wrong. And I love, love doing it. And it's what God's called me to. But there are some days where I'm like, Lord, help. You need to intervene before. Amen. Um. <laughs> My first point today is the power of your yes. All right, so I wanted to look at a story. It's Exodus 3, 4 through 14, and it's uh, God finally uh, coming down and speaking to Moses. And it said, when the Lord saw that he had gone to look, God called him to him. So he's looking at a burning bush real quick. God called him to him, called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals from the place where you are standing. This is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey in the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jezebites, all the ites. <laughs> See, I read this and I was astonished at how much God cares for his people. See, God already had a plan set into motion before he ever talked to Moses. He said, this land is already theirs. Now I just need someone to bring them to it. See, Moses' yes is what was going to get him there. His willingness to say, you know what, yeah, I will go be your voice. 
I will go do what you need me to do. I will go say yes to whatever you call me to. And then it continues in verse 9. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are, oppress, are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. How many would love for God to show up in a burning bush and tell you exactly what you're going to do? <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that would be, I wouldn't question. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> I don't need any more than that. I have the audible voice of God. There's a burning bush in front of me that is not being consumed. Let's do it. Right? Like, there's no, there's no part of me that wouldn't say yes. I'd be mean, like, oh, this is, the easy, this is the easiest yes you could ever give. But still, Moses questions what he's called to. See, in verse 33, 11 says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He's saying, See, I'm a nobody. I'm a no one. Why would Pharaoh ever listen to me? See, so many times in my life, I got stuck on, why would God use me? I'm nothing. I, I'm, I'm, I don't bring anything to the table. In high school, I couldn't talk in front of people. I would stutter. My hands would shake so bad that I couldn't hold a piece of paper. But because I said yes. See, the greatest thing about God, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So as long as I keep saying yes, he's going to keep qualifying me. He's going to keep using me. He's going to keep changing me. He's going to keep doing what he needs to do in my life because he has a purpose for it. And all I have to do is say yes. Another thing that stuck to me when I was reading this is God wanted to use Moses to answer someone else's cry. Who knows if your yes could be the first time someone else ever hears the salvation of Christ and what he did for him. See, Moses said our, at the end, and finally all this, there's a whole dialogue with them, and they're, and they're struggling, they're going back and forth. Finally, Moses said, all right, I'll do it. Because he said yes, God's people were freed. But his people were crying out. So you never know what your yes is connected to. Someone could be crying out. You could be walking. There's been times I've been walking through the store, and God's like, hey, you just need to say, hey, I'm praying for you. And I've said that, and that person just kind of started tearing up. And they're like, thank you. I needed that today. And all I had to do was be obedient and say yes to what God said. Right. See, our yes comes with some discomfort. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 4 says, Pray to be the God of Father. <laughs> Let me see if I can do that again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in, our, in all our troubles, so 
that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. See, we can say yes and rest in the fact that God is with us. That's what Moses did. So you know what? Then he's like, all right, God, you already have it all planned out. I'm just going to say yes. And as you speak to me, I'm going to speak it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to do what you say. When you say go left, I'll go left. When you say go right, I'll go right. You're right. Exodus 4, this is next chapter over. Exodus 4, verses 10 through 13 says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Moses said, pardon your servant. Lord, please send someone else. So many times, I remember growing up in high school, I would, every morning, brush my teeth while I'd look in the mirror. That was the worst thing I could have done every morning because I didn't do my hair or anything. I was just, <laughs> oh, well, I'm in high school. I didn't really care. But um, <laughs> so many times we look at ourselves the way that we see ourselves. Not being able to speak, stuttering, not being eloquent of speech. See, God disregarded all that and he said, I, I, that was all me. I just want you to say yes. And we look at ourselves and we disqualify, disqualify ourselves and don't say yes because how we see ourselves. <laughs> Amen. Repeat. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Someone took a recording of that? Oh, man. Oof, that's going to be a rough one. I'll deal with that one later. Um, see, once Moses finally said yes to God and started to follow what he was calling him to, God used him. Your yes could be the answer to somebody else's freedom or their opportunity to see Christ. See, the reason that I keep saying yes to everything that God has me for is the reason that I'm here today is after I got out of high, first of all, I grew up in a Christian home. My grandfather has been a pastor for over 40 years at the same church. He's been all over the world preaching the gospel. But in high school, middle school, and right out of high school, I wanted nothing to do with God. Growing up in a Christian home, I wanted nothing to do with it. I remember saying, God, just leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do. So I've been in this Christian home, and I'll tell you what, it's, it becomes very repetitive. When you hear the same thing, when you heard a hundred messages from pastor, <laughs> you start to disregard what you can do and what you can say. And if I'd have said yes in high school, who knows what could have happened. But I didn't. I said, I want nothing to do with you, God, and so... After high school, my best friend, we were best friends since I moved out like third grade. We spent like literally weeks at each other's house over the summer being stupid kids, doing stuff. Um, 
And uh, out of high school, his mom died. She was like my second mom. She would actually pick me up after school, and I would hang out at her house until I got picked up. So when she died, I was so broken, so destroyed. Finally cried out to God. I was like, God, just break my heart. I'm like, I know I've been callous. I know I haven't been following what you have on my life. That night I got a vision. It was my best friend being dragged to hell. And he looked at me and said, you never told me about this, about the love of a Christ. So from that day, I said, you know what, God? I'm going to say yes to all you have. And I'm going to believe one day we'll be standing at the gates together. Because I don't want to ever see that again. So I'm going to say yes to everything you ask of me. A couple weeks later, Sean asked me to do the internship for one year, commit to doing it for one year, two days a week. I said, yes. He said, do you want to do school or ministry through the church? I said, yes. Do you want to do another year? I said, yes. Do you want to do another year of school or ministry? I said, yes. <laughs> and then after that, Pastor said, hey, we love having you, and I want, to, I want to grow with you, and I believe in you. Would you like to be on staff here? And I said, yes. Every situation in my life, I pray about, and if I feel peace, I say yes. I'm like, God, yeah, just, I just want to do what you have for my life. So I'm going to keep saying yes. I went to the Philippines 2014 for a whole month. I just said yes. I said, yes, God, just use me. And God made a way. God lowered the price of our tickets by over half. God got people to donate stuff, and I got to see little kids' faces light up when they got shoes and soccer balls that had absolutely nothing. And that's all because I said yes. God did everything else. See, pastor never said yes, Cole never said yes, and Sean never said yes. I don't know if I'd be here today. My next point is the yes, but. See, the but is very important. So many times we say yes, but... I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> Have you ever done that? You ever done something and said, yes, but I don't know if I want to do this. You know? No? Just me? Okay. Um, <laughs> how many times do we say yes? Like Moses, but I'm not good enough. But I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not eloquent of speech. I stutter. I can't do this. God, I get so nervous I forget everything. God, I'm not qualified to be. See, Moses hit on this. I'll hit on this again. So pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. He let the butts take too much possession in his life. The but how I see myself. <laughs> and every time I look at my phone, I'm like, really? Did I, what, what's going on here? Um, See, we say, but this, but that, like Moses, can't speak well, but I don't feel like doing it. So I want to say it again, is God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. See, Moses had a staff with him. God said, hey, he said, how are they ever going to believe me? And he said, throw the staff down. He said, now pick it up. When he picked it up, it was a snake. And he said, now throw it down again. Picked it up, it was a staff. 
See, God's going to give you all the tools you need. You just have to say yes. He's going to use exactly what you have in your hand, what you have right now in your life, to use you. And it may not, it may be just a staff. How God, I'm just, I just have a staff. I'm going to go against an army. Throw it down. I'll make it whatever you need it to be. Because our God is so much greater than we can imagine, than we can comprehend. And all he wants is for you just to say, yes, God, I'll, I'll do it. All right, let's do it. See, I want to talk about another story. It's the story of David and Goliath. See, David was kind of like myself and my family. I have two younger brothers that are way bigger than me. And so I was like David. They're like Goliath. <laughs> no, I'm like dead serious. They're way bigger than me. Like, and they have been since they were born. Like, I'm, I'm a couple years older than them. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so I relate to David on a big level. Um, but David, youngest brother, and he was a shepherd. His father said, hey, go take some food out to your brothers in the field. And they were there for 40 days as Goliath taunted them. David got there and said, hey, what's going on? They said, oh, this man taunts us and everyone's too afraid to go after him. Everyone's too afraid to fight him. So then David said in 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 33, he said, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go outside. Go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. So many times we face stuff in our lives, and we're like David. From the outside and from what we think, the battle, we're, there's no way of winning the battle. And we say, but why would I even put any effort into that person? They're never going to come to Christ. There's another but, but my God is greater. And that's where David got, he said, do I have, do I put it in here? In 1 Samuel 17, 36 to 37, and this is David talking, he says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. He said, but my God is greater. My God is greater than this Goliath, this Philistine that comes against us. His butt changed. He said, but my God is so much greater. Saul was saying, but there's no way you're winning this. God said, but my God. So we have to start changing that in our lives when we say yes. And we look at the circumstances and we said, but my God, he is so much greater. God was looking for one person in that whole army just to say yes. David was that one, even though circumstances weren't the greatest in his life. He stood fast on his God. Like Moses said, what do I say when they ask me? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say to them, I am. So when I start getting in tough situations in my life, I, I reflect on this. He said, I am. He's saying, I am your way. I am your victory. I am your everything. I just want your yes. 
When I say, but, he says, I am. I've already got ahead of you. I've already won the victory. I just need you to say yes. Am I getting way ahead of myself? Oh, no, I didn't. See, when we have a God on our side, but who can be against us? Here's our everything, the victory and everything. See, another story that comes to mind is the story of Lazarus. See, Lazarus was, I said, the one you loved. This was a man that Jesus loved, was dying. And uh, he was sick. So Martha sent a word to Jesus, and, said, and it says, So Jesus waited because he loved him. And then in 1 John 11, 21 through 22, this is Jesus coming back. Martha's going out to greet him, and Lazarus has been dead for days. And they've already put him in a tomb. And said, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 22, it says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. See, the circumstances, as she saw them, were not good. She said, but I know. Even now, God will give you whatever you ask. See, we have that in our lives. We got to start speaking life over situations. When we say yes, we come to these situations and we see a David, or we see a Goliath and we're a David, and we just sit back in the army too. Instead of ever taking a step out and seeing, yes, but my God said this. But my God is so much greater. But I'm the head, not the tail. But I'm favored of the Lord. See, Martha knew the power that came with Jesus. See, Jesus also showed us this when he was going to the cross and he went to pray. I think this is, this is, when I started reading, I read this and this has stuck with me for years. And it's Luke 22 through 42. It says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but your will be done. See, even Jesus faced situations he didn't want to take. He said, but God, this is your will. I'm going to do it. See, we're going to be faced with situations that we don't want to do. We're going to have to say yes to things. I, I really don't want to do it, but we can say, but God, you got me. But God, you have me. But God, you're already there. You've already gone ahead of me. Last point. I want to talk about is the how. I'm going to close this out. If I got a band, come back on up. I'm going to change something up real quick. So many times we say yes and we look at the circumstances and we ask how. I look back and I'm like, how did I get here? 
<laughs> like seriously. I'm like, how? Like, I shouldn't be standing here. I wanted nothing to do with God. I turned from God. And so, uh, one last story. Well, I got a couple. Um, but it's Peter walking on water. He walks on water and he looks around and he's like, I don't know how I got here. And he starts to lose faith of the one who called him. So many times we say yes and we get focused on the how instead of the who. See, the who in our lives is so much bigger than the how. I don't know how I'm going to keep going forward. I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to deal with these things in my lives, but I know who has got me. And I rest in peace in that. See, Mary, as they read this morning, Mary said to the angel, how will this happen? I've never had a man. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will cover you. The holy child you give birth to will be called the Son of God. See, Mary asked how and she was responded with, with who? So when you start asking how, start remembering the who. Remember who called you in the first place. So it doesn't matter how you get there, it matters who said it. Like Pastor shared last week, it was last week about Sean. Ten years before Sean ever came to Christ, God said to him, your son's going to be restored to you. Pastor could have said, how? I don't get it. I don't, and lost faith, but he said, I know who said it. And I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to believe it. Because the who is so much more powerful than the how. Mary said, I am willing to be used of the Lord. Let it happen to me as you have said. And the angel went away from her. She saw who the who was and put faith in him and said, all right, let's do it. Who's got me? All right, let's do it. I don't care how, but the who is so much greater than my house. See, almost a year ago, I ended up in the hospital in the ICU. And they didn't know what was going on with me. I turned out to have type 1 diabetes. It was Miss Mariah. We're diabetes buddies. Amen. <laughs> But as I was sitting there, I, they had no idea what was going on with me. I remember sitting there and I could feel my body starting to kind of give out and kind of shut down. And there, I, I was hallucinating. I hadn't drinking water in a couple days. My blood sugar was through the roof. And I remember sitting there and I don't know, my God, I don't know how. But I sat there, I remember who called me. I remember I hadn't filled my purpose yet. And I knew that, and so I sat in the who. God called me, and so I know I'm not done. As the doctor came in, I remember sitting there saying, I don't really care what this diagnosis is in my head, but I know who's called me, and I'm not done now. I know who called me, I am not done now. So whatever the outcome is, I don't care, because I know who's got me. I know who has me in their hands. The Israelites were getting chased out of Egypt. They stood at the water, and everyone asked how. Moses said, 
Don't be afraid. Stand your ground and you will see what the Lord will do to save you today. Everyone stand with me real quick. God, I put on my heart some people need to get back to the who called them. Instead of looking at their situation and asking how, how their son or their daughter is going to come back, how marriage is going to be restored, how their friends are coming to know Christ, you got to look at who. And steadfast on the who in your life. Because my God, in this book, is giving me all the answers. I can stand fast on this, knowing no matter what fight, what situation, the buts or the hows in my life, this has all the answers. So this morning as they sing this song, if you have never said yes to Christ in your life, I want to give you an invitation this morning to say yes. When the next is if you've said yes and you're asking how I feel a spirit of peace and encouragement in this room right now I just want you to come on up here he's going to fill you up with who he is there's going to be power and strength I'll touch your life. So as we sing this last song, if you need anything, come on up here.